ethic and um, the community. We've just been getting prepared for that, making sure that we have addressed, um, you know, everything in terms of getting getting prepared there. Um, if you've been following in the dev discord, there have been uh, various little things that we're just just checking and, uh, you know, chasing down every detail so that we're ready to um, start the churning process. And then we'll step through that and, um, yeah, hopefully be back to, um, you know, fully, fully operational shortly. Um, in terms of other... Conversation with um, some of the members from the community, and we've talked about protocol and liquidity. Um, is there anything we can share to the community at this stage? Yeah, so, so uh, protocol and liquidity is a really... Um, kind of hot topic right now. And, you know, we've been uh, kind of talking through mechanisms for protocol and liquidity. And I think that the main the main uh, piece for us is like trying to figure out how do that fits with ThorChain and the, the kind of economic model that ThorChain has. Uh, so, you know, it's not as simple as um, leveraging, you know, existing methods like Ohm or Toke have, but we need to be able to, you know, have things uh, align more with uh, ThorChain. So I think right now the um, the kind of design is a little bit uh, uh, still being being hashed out, and we'll share more shortly. But uh, we want to leverage uh, synths uh, and the work that's been done there in order to facilitate. A pol for thorchain and um that lets us kind of leverage some of the accounting that synths have built in and then we'll be able to extend there um with pol as the goal can we backtrack a little bit and maybe ask why is protocol and liquidity going to be important for thorchain and for DeFi? sure so um yeah taking a step back you know why does Thorchain want to own its own liquidity. The uh, the idea with protocol and liquidity is that we ha would have a um, a rising floor of kind of permanent depth to the pools on Thorchain, and and that's important because we want to grow um, the depth of the pools so that we can facilitate larger and larger swap volume. Uh, and larger trades. So, so by by having a mechanism to grow uh, the depth permanently, we end up being able to facilitate that you know sooner and faster. Um, the kind of beautiful part about it for me is that you know once we're able to grow the pol to a certain point, um, you know, well that'll start compounding very quickly and um you know really suck in all as much liquidity as possible and and kind of uh be a, a jump starter to the uh, kind of black hole thesis so uh, a good result for pol for thorchain is that we will have competitive yield rates is that correct yeah yeah the the other thing i want to be very clear on with pol is i think that the the kind of current discussion has been around how do we have that be a, um, a network native functionality, and and that's one side of this. But that that doesn't exclude you know additional um, protocols leveraging Thorchain uh, as well. So like there could be kind of um, topological uh, protocols that sit on top of Thorchain that also grow uh, POL for Thorchain and the um, those other protocols. So that sounds exciting. So we're, we're trying to, again, we've had some um, chats um, on Discord, and we want to really push that ThorChain is like the base layer. And I think with POL, I think we can really accomplish that. Is that what we're thinking here? Yeah, exactly. You know, like, I think that there's, um, it's an important kind of dis distinction, like ThorChain as an L1, and what does that mean? So if you're building on top of a, liquor a liquidity protocol, um, you know, there's a lot more um, functionality that you can facilitate. Um, and I think like that's a really kind of a powerful concept and and frankly, you know something that's you know, has has only clicked for me recently. Okay, so just for those who are joining the Thorchain Weekly for the first time, and if you didn't get a chance to get the recap from Runebase, uh, last week, Nine Realms 
um, talked briefly about um, the next 100x. And that's exciting because, because StoreChain, you know, we reached over 1,100x in a year. I think we've reached over 1,000% um, ROI in one year. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Ryan, was that what, what's, what's, in, uh, what's your vision for ThorChain's next, next 100x? Yeah. Um, so we're the community here. We're we are all building a a massive exchange from the inside out, and that that really starts with the Thorchain's liquidity network, and then um, you know can can grow into all of the crypto space. So I think that you know when we talk about this hundred x, that's you know deeper pools. Um, easier onboarding for users and, uh, you know, other protocols that are leveraging ThorChain's liquidity. And and then also when we get into synths, you know, exchange, um, you know, faster exchanges uh, with synths and, um, and trading. And then also, I don't know if folks caught the um, proposal to have a kind of order book functionality where you can uh, set a, send a swap um, but with a height and um, basically set a price at what you at which you'd like to execute that, and uh, it will stay in the queue for three days, um, so that you can can trade it like you might on a, um, a centralized exchange. So, so where that kind of wraps into is you know now that we're at the point where the kind of base layer is becoming more and more uh, solid, then we get to start the the kind of exponential growth as we can add protocols and other functionality around Thorchain uh, to be able to 100x. Yeah, looking forward to that. Um, we're still early um, in terms of that we're chaos net. I think we have about 38 or 39 bond, um, nodes bonded to Thorchain. And by mainnet, I think we're aiming to get at least 100 um, but I wanted to ask in your opinion, um, as we continue to grow to 100 nodes, is there a use case for ThorChain to go beyond 100 nodes? You know, I'm not the, um, I'm not the expert on, on this, but I think that there, uh, I think that as, in terms of validator nodes, I think that there might be a um, economic security case to make, to have it extend beyond 100. But I think that... Um, the YIG nodes or light nodes uh, kind of offer a, another solution uh, that will let us grow the uh, kind of security of the network in bonded rune um, without having to uh, grow the number of validators beyond a hundred. And I'm, it'll be interesting to kind of see, you know, what the appropriate scaling method um, ends up, ends up shaking out to be. Right, you mentioned security just now, and I know your team has been working with strengthening ThorChain and hardening the code. Um, yes, we don't want to take up too much time on this topic, but is there something we can share with the community on what we're finding um, out in ChaosNet? And um, I guess maybe just give confidence again to our investors on how secure ThorChain is at the moment compared to when it was in summer. Yeah. Um, so I think it's interesting, an interesting comparison. If we think about, you know, what the security posture of the network was um, in just a few months ago versus where it is now, um, it's it's pretty a pretty stark contrast. Uh, you know, now there's um, I, just off the top of my head, you know, 15 or 16 people uh, dedicated towards uh, looking at at uh, Thorchain security. Um, there's been a really awesome response in the community as various alerts fire for folks to dig into, you know, what's going on. And, um, you know, we're like kind of getting back to what I was talking about a little earlier, you know, we're building a, you know, tier one exchange here and, you know, tier one exchanges have teams that follow the sun, uh, and are responsible for security, you know, 24 seven. And we're starting to see that materialize, um, but I'd also say, you know, if you're interested in in helping out on that front, uh, please get in touch because you know the more the more folks that we have looking at things, the better. Okay. Um, well, Orin, 
All right. Thanks for the update. Um, where can people learn more about blockchain or where do you recommend them to learn more? And maybe if they'd like to contribute, what can they do? Yeah. Uh, so at this point, um, there's a, a lot of great resources. If you're interested in learning um, more about Thorchain, I'd recommend uh, checking out uh, the LP University Discord. Um, also, uh, Thorstarter has a great Discord and very helpful folks there. Um, and then I'd also recommend uh, checking out Grassroots Crypto's YouTube channel for some introductions. Um, then if you're interested in participating as a community member or developer, the Thorchain uh, Dev Discord is a great place to get started. And uh, my DMs on Discord are always open. So happy to uh, chat with folks and help you find uh, a place where you can, can make an impact. All right. Thank you, Ryan. Next, I want to bring to the stage the MediGuardians team. Um, so who's speaking from the MediGuardians team today? I believe both of us. Um, right now, uh, well, hi. My, <laughs> I believe uh, me and my brother, Antoel. Um, my name is Bernal Moreda, and I'm in charge of executive production. And I'm, I'm today, I'm together with uh, Antoel Moreda, who is our lead game designer. Could you give our a quick introduction of MediGuardians? Uh, yeah, I can go ahead if you don't mind. Uh, my name is Antubel Moreda. I'm the lead designer in MetaGuardians. MetaGuardians is a expanding universe of video game and metaverse collectibles. Uh, we are a relatively new project. We only started a few months ago. Our first collection came out in early September, just about a month and a half ago. And we are currently launching our second collection, uh, the Villains. First we launched the Guardians, now we are launching the Villains. Uh, currently, Guardian owners are claiming the Villains in exclusive mint, but we have a public mint coming up this weekend. Um, so when you launched the first time, it was about the heroes. And this time you have a different type of launch. Oh, you're releasing some more types of NFTs. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, as I mentioned, we are building this universe. So we are launching a new collection every season. Currently, we are having a season every seven weeks. Uh, the first collection were the heroes. Um, they are there to protect the metaverse. If, if you have seen the designs, basically, uh, they are is inspired by blockchain projects. We are huge fans of blockchain and different projects, including Torchain. We have some uh, room guardians in, in the collection. Um, uh, and yeah, now we are launching the villains. These two are like the top uh, characters of our ecosystem, and they will be the top characters in the game. Uh, and they have some benefits as well in our uh, in Meta Guardians. So beyond the game, we are launching metaverse content, metaverse avatars, decentralized uh, wearables. We plan to make some land purchases in the future. So that's the metaverse component of the project. And we also have some other benefits, like we are launching a staking on our website uh, next month. So you'll be able to stake your NFTs and earn rewards. Uh, and of course, um, people who own the Guardians and the Villains and the other collections, they have the commercial rights uh, to use these characters in whatever work they want. Not only that, but we also provide a creator pack with high-resolution images, 3D models, basically uh, materials uh, for owners to use those commercial rights. Thanks for sharing updates. Um, I think people might have not seen on Twitter that you made an announcement. Um, could you tell us about that uh, full chain trait 
on the, the villains. Yeah, I can go ahead. Well, basically, um, the, th the third thing, um, as, as Antubel explained, we are huge fans of blockchain. Uh, not only huge fans, but uh, we've been supporting blockchain for many years. Um, we believe in the tech and um, we like to make tribute to every project we consider um, is important or has impact within blockchain, right? So Antubel has always been a fan of Torchin community. Uh, he, he, he owns, he even owns uh, some room. So we decided to um, um, bring tribute to, to the Torchin community with this exclusive trade on <laughs> Bilan's collection. That doesn't mean you are the villains, but um, the Lucky Helmet looks pretty cool. Okay, so where can people find out more about um, your project, MetaGuardians, and how, if people can get involved, what, what can they do? Well, um, our Discord is pretty much active uh, 24 hours. Uh, we really care a lot about our community. We are always improving our Discord system and integrating different uh, ways to interact uh, with the community. Um, we innovated on how Discord interacts with their communities by being the first of designing a system of rewards based on experience that you earn on our Discord. And we continued um, developing that part of the Discord, I think is uh, uh, pretty good to, to jump in, into our Discord. Um, besides that, we have a, a lot of new information because we did a huge rework on the website. Now, uh, all the perks of the collections are explained and how they work. Like, um, we are having three memberships, which are platinum, gold, and silver. Um, and how the collections uh, work between themselves, how how the collections work uh, within the game as well, mm -hmm. and we updated uh, uh, we, we did a, a huge a, a huge update uh, related to the roadmap as well. Mm -hmm. So if you jump in our website, uh, you can find a lot of information about our project. And if you are interested, you can also jump in, into our Discord, where we have pretty much always, almost every 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 guardian in there active, and you can always ask them um, whatever you feel you need to know. And we are and, and we ourselves are there to <laughs> to answer questions as well. All right, thank you. So that was Mad Guardians. Um, yeah, follow them on Twitter. Get in their Discord if you can. And yeah, looking forward to to the launch of their to their NFTs and the full chain traits on their villains and maybe yep. their heroes. Thank you guys. So next <laughs> thank you, uh, Chad. Chad, thanks for joining us. Um, and yeah, what what have you been up to? <laughs> what have I been up to? Uh, um. You know, shipping code and uh, getting the network restarted. And today, it's just been looking into some uh, some um, mass on the um, improvement lock protection stuff, which turned out to be not as big a deal as we thought it was at first thought. So, probably going to be uh, re-enabling LP actions pretty soon, I think. You participated in a conference recently. Um, were there any new learnings from there that we can we can think about and adapt for full chain or? Or maybe share some of your experiences from that conference. Yeah, the conference was interesting. Um, uh, I just did one in London a couple weeks ago, um, and I did a panel conversation about uh, building DeFi protocols. And there was a lot of like it was, it was like a really big response from the from the audience, um, especially after the, the talk. Like a lot of people kind of pulled me aside um, and wanted to ask me questions about Thorchain and and like the project and all these things. And so there was, a, there was a really, really strong response from the community there at the conference. I was really happy to see.
Yeah, so earlier Orion spoke about some of the security and scaling that we were hoping to see with Thorchain. Uh, was wondering, what, how about from your perspective, what can the community look forward to if they're just investors? And also maybe on the dev side, what, what, can, what things will open up for Thorchain in the next coming months? Uh, yeah, so in the immediate future, it's trying to get, um, get the network churned. Uh, we're going to start sharding Asgard, which will probably happen in the second churn after the next after the next. Um, and so the network will split Asgards into two different Asgards as we allow us to scale up to, to more nodes on the network, which is really positive for the, for the project. Um, synthetics is probably going to be the first thing we'll, we'll probably get uh, deployed for new features to the community. Um, and that's being worked on. Um, we're working also on um, order books. This is kind of a newer thing that was um, relatively easy to implement on Thorchain. Uh, so you'll be able to like uh, make a swap, but specify the price you want to get, and the network will hold on to those funds and then swap it when it has the opportunity to. Uh, it would only work for synthetics and native assets, for, so like from Rune or synthetics to the, another asset, so it doesn't work with layer one assets on external chains, but it does work with synthetics mm -hmm. on other assets. Um, that's one thing. Uh, probably going to start working pretty soon on protocol-owned liquidity um, in the next week or two. Um, so that gives the ability for the network to own part of the pools. And we have a kind of an interesting novel design of like how that can function. And the rune actually that the network contributes to these pools will be dynamically flow it, like dynamically flow between pools as it needs to, depending upon um, depth of those pools changing over time. So the network will naturally support pools that are deep and, and useful to the community and not so much the illiquid and smaller pools and the, 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 just more concentrates uh, liquidity in a more um, beneficial way, which is pretty interesting. And one of the fascinating things about this is actually, it actually is counter to synthetics, right? Because synthetics is putting a lot of pressure on one asset in the pool, which is like the asset side. Um, but then this protocol on liquidity creates, in effect, it's a synthetic rune on the rune side of all the pools. So they eventually actually create a, uh, a harmony between those, those two different assets and balancing on top of the the liquidity pools of the network. It's really kind of a fascinating concept. Um, so actually it would allow us hypothetically to, to, to draw up the amount of synthetics on the network on each individual pool as a higher percentage, depending upon how much um, protocol on liquidity of, that the network holds for Rune in a particular pool. So like it really kind of raised the, the synthetic cap in a sense on the network, which is really, really cool. Uh, the economics for that is pretty fascinating actually. Uh, those are the two things or three things in the near future over the next like, like maybe a month or two that I think we'll see uh, on the network. And then, of course, uh, we're shooting for mainnet at the end of the year. So hopefully by 2022, we'll be uh, ditching the ChaosNet brand and moving towards mainnet. We're really looking for 30 days of you know really good, solid operation, uh, no significant bugs or issues. Um, we're going to add a bunch of chains, you know, like... Uh, uh, Doge, Dash, Decred, uh, Monero, possibly, maybe not. That one's tough. Um, Zcash is, part, is pretty easy. That's that could happen, possibly. Uh, we already have um, people from Nine Realms working on Atom and Aluna, as well as UST. Those would be huge contributions. Uh, and I love that concept because it's actually going to pull other communities into the Thorchain community. So we're going to adopt like Dogecoin, for example, and like the Dogecoin community is likely going to respond well to the Thorchain community. And those kind of communities will kind of merge to some degree, uh, which is really positive for our, for our own community. It's really going to um, it's really a, a bullish sign in a sense. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. When we talk about since here, maybe a question for me, and I've heard some other people ask it too, but are we thinking about since on like major blockchains or more so all the tokens that are available on on Thorchain. Could you give us some insight on that? Yeah, the, the, the synthetic code uh, has no preference to assets, so it treats all, every asset the same. So any pool that exists on Thorchain that is an available pool that you can trade and swap on is a pool where you can mint uh, and, and burn synthetic assets in that pool. There'll be a cap in the beginning when we first launch it to be like probably around 5% of the pool depth. We don't want to 
go too hard too fast and let the um, a smaller amount of uh, liquidity at risk in, in the very beginning just to make sure everything works the way we think it was. Um, but yeah, it will be available on any and every asset on the Thorchain network. That's exciting. How about recently we've seen um, another beam token like SHIB um, break through the top 15. I think break broke through the top 10 recently. Um, I'm thinking about a synth version of Thorchain. What, what's your thought on that? Uh, well, if, if I'm not mistaken, and people can correct me if I am, but uh, SHIB, as I'm assuming, is a fork of Doge. And if that's the case, then adding SHIB is actually quite easy because the code already works. You just got to, it's literally a copy and paste. Actually, it's actually not that hard to do. Most of the work is actually in, in, in testing than it is actually in coding, right? Like the code itself is already written. The test is what takes probably the most time in the infrastructure to, to build the uh, Kubernetes aspects to it so you can run and build a um, full node of, of SHIB and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it's pretty low weight and it's easy to add, you know. Uh, the community just needs to take into account the security concerns, right? What is the hash power? What are the risks of adding this 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 uh, change to the network? Does it pose some kind of security issues or, or, or um, attack surface that we have to be concerned of? So that's a it's a kind of a question that each validator uh, the network has to kind of wrestle with and figure out uh, answer for themselves. Um, but all these things need to be looked into. All these things need to be audited. All these things need to be. Uh, have a strong look at them before we just throw them on the network. We don't want to do anything haphazard, at least here. Last week, we spoke about the next 100x for Thorchain. Nine Realms um, talked about how you know, we're in a good position now to scale and grow Thorchain, not just from the dev side, but also from um, the community aspect and more tools opening up for people to build on Thorchain. I wanted to ask you, from your perspective, what's Thorchain's next 100x? 100x. Um, 100x can be thought of in a, f a few different ways. I think um, you can think about it as in a few different ways. So one way is think about the expansion of chain support. So you can go from you can, you can 100x based upon that just because, not so much because the assets that you're adding are worth a lot, but just it creates more community awareness. And it creates more, um, it's, like, it's kind of like a form of like uh, of marketing in, in some sense. And so it creates the um, more awareness of the project and, and adoption of the project. And you have more trades, more swaps, all this stuff, kind of more volume passing through the network. And by doing so, it, it easily can grow the TVL, not even just the act of, this is a funny thing, the act of adding something like SHIM, right, which you know, has a, a, a market cap of like, I think it's like 15 billion or 30 billion or something like this. It's like really not a lot of money. It sounds like a lot of money, but it's really not. And, but the act, of, the act of doing that, you actually will probably increase your swaps on Bitcoin and your, your like transactions on, and your liquidity of Ethereum. Like it actually adds to all the, ch the chains in a sense. So that can really create a 100x scenario. The other way you can think about it is uh, ThorFi and how ThorFi can, can create 100x because there are things that we're doing on this project that nobody else is doing quite yet. Well, certainly not, not in the way that we are, uh, where they support actually properly support layer one assets. Everything else in the space, almost everything else, uh, with a couple of exceptions, is doing uh, wrapped and pegged assets. But like being able to do layer ones um, lending, for example, like that is cross chain. Like that is ginormous. Like that's some of the biggest DeFi protocols in the world right now in terms of TVL is like lending, right? And if you have lending where you can support instead of twenty five percent of the liquidity of crypto, which is what ETH is with plus ERC twenties, uh, you can support like ninety five percent or ninety percent, which is basically where we're at right now even with the five chains we support today so like that can create easily create a 100x scenario right and then on top of that the third way you can think about it is um, mass adoption from um, not just you know retail swappers but you can have mass adoption on the wallet integration side which will create a massive amount of swaps and trade volume and liquidity you can create 
um, uh, connections with like exchanges that exist today, like centralized exchanges, like, you know, Binance or Coinbase or, you know, Shapeshift is a perfect example because I did that literally day one. Um, and that can create a massive amount of trades and, and um, adding liquidity to the network. Those things by themselves can also create like, you know, 100x easily. I mean, if you look at like Binance and Coinbase, like the amount of Bitcoin that these exchanges have is like, it's, it's like stupidly insane how much they have. And all that is just like basically dead capital, right? It just sits there and does, does absolutely nothing. But then you can turn that into to productive capital and actually earn interest on those things is, is pretty, pretty uh, powerful. So you can easily get to a place where you can have a massive amount of funds going into these pools um, with the right adoption. Right. And the community is probably doing that better than myself or anybody else. And part of the core team is, is getting out the, that adoption I and mean, getting people to be aware of the project and tweeting, talking about it, blogging about it, podcasting about it, doing NFTs, like all these like things that everybody's doing in the community is like that's creating awareness, which has a significant effect on the project and the, you know, the adoption of the, of the network and the room price and like all these things. Briefly, you mentioned how Shapeshift um, pivoted from from their model and have integrated Thorchain. Um, and we've seen a lot on on Twitter. People are saying you should just use Thorchain. Um, and I know we have a lot of new followers on our community in our Thorchain Twitter account. Um, but maybe could you elaborate a little bit about what did Shapeshift do to 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 work with? Um, floor chain and to pivot their business model. Yeah, so so Shapeshift uh, is turning into a DAO, as people might be aware of. Um, and but their their business model is it seems like to me, from my layman's perspective, um, that they're basically going to be a Dex aggregator, right? And so they're going to support Thorchain, they're going to support Sushi and Uni and you know, um, other DEXs in different e ecosystems and they'll, you know, try to find you the best price for whatever transaction you're trying to do, right? And for right now, like, for assets like Bitcoin, we're the only ones, you know, in the shapeshift system that would allow you to do so. Maybe they'll, it'll change in a year, but um, for right now, we're, we're the only kind of, you know, um, uh, choice in a sense. Um, they could start charging affiliate fees on their swaps for themselves. And I've actually spoken to them about this idea of like, which is very similar to what ThorSwap is going to be doing, which is um, you can charge for swaps uh, with affiliate fees. And then um, with a new feature that we're going to be adding in the future, um, you'll be able to select the asset that you want to collect as, as a payment in the affiliate fee. So for it might be Thor token for, uh, ThorSwap, it might be Fox token for, for, for Shapeshift. And so the network will just naturally, at every swap coming through, it'll just buy up Fox token or Thor token off of the out of liquidity pools and send it back to the Fox DAO or the, the, the um, ThorSwap, you know, uh, smart contract or whatever, um, and use that as yield for any Thor holders or Fox holders or whatever. Like that is actually a really interesting concept because there's almost no way uh, historically for our UI to make money in this space, right? The, like the closest thing you had is like running ads, which is, uh, you know, it's a web 2.0 mentality. It doesn't actually make, it's actually unnecessary in the web three world, but there was no economics to, pro to provide a UI to, to make income. And that's now basically been changed with Thorchain and affiliate fees. So now all these UIs can actually fund their project and pay their developers and, and their marketing people and whatever else um, with ThorChain. Like the economics are, are there to allow that kind of thing. So that that's going to create like a massive adoption on, on its own. Like, at least I think that. So you mentioned Shapeshift um, being a DEX aggregator and ThorChain is one of, one of the, the things that are integrated. Um, maybe in your opinion, what can others like sexes do? Um, or how can, yeah, for example, in the case of Binance, um, they don't have any, they don't have a US entity because of regulations. But, um, you know, just uh, as an example, I'm not saying that they will, and I'm not saying that there's a business, there's a 
there's a partnership in place at the moment. But in the case of Binance, if they were to integrate Thorchain, what would that mean for um, for their users? Um, well, I don't think it means much for their users in the sense that um, they're still going to be KYC and, and they're still going to go through the same, you know, uh, processes as they had before. I think maybe the difference is that maybe Binance can now um, allow basically staking, right? So you can take, you can send your Bitcoin to Binance and Binance will put it into Thorchain Thor for you and they'll take a, you know, a, a chunk for themselves and then give you the remainder so that you see the kind of a nice UI, I suppose. And if that were to happen, that would be huge because like, Obviously, Binance is like the biggest centralized exchange in the world, and they have a lot of users who, you know, sign up every day and use their website and use their UI. And all of a sudden, this little, you know, menu item is going to say, "Hey, earn Bitcoin on your Bitcoin," <laughs> and that, like that interests a lot of people, obviously, right? Like that's obviously an interesting uh, concept. I mean, BlockFi almost entire business model is based upon interest accounts, right? And that's basically what this is. Um, I think it'd be pretty significant for the for the for the uh, for the community for the project if, if Binance were to adopt Thorchain um, as a means of swapping, allowing them to have less uh, need for on-hand liquidity than they needed before, um, but also being able to produce the yield for their users and, and have better retention. You know, uh, it's gonna be hard for centralized entities in the future uh, to to operate eventually because it's just gonna be like. Well, I can earn twenty percent on Binance, but I can earn forty percent on Thorchain directly. So, why wouldn't I just use that? And in, in the beginning, it's going to make sense because of the cleaner, nicer UIs and corporate entities and marketing and all these things that we all kind of know about uh, historically speaking. But in the long term, uh, you know, you will never win out over open source free code because it's cheaper, uh, more hardened, and available to every man, woman, and child on this planet. Um, which is significant. Uh, just maybe one last question, because I'm conscious of time. You, in the conference that you participated um, in recently, you talked about smart contracts. Um, could you maybe elaborate a little bit on that? Because I wasn't sure if you meant smart contracts in general, or was it a smart contracts um, for soul chain? Uh, so, my comment there was that I that I actually don't like smart contracts um, for DeFi specifically because of the DeFi conversation that I was. But putting using smart contracts for DeFi doesn't make a whole lot of sense um, for long term like, serious protocols. It's great because you get to you know write a small bit of code and deploy it in a weekend. Uh, and then have actual money on it and, and see how your economics works, see how the protocol functions, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, and I can go and I can talk more about how, like, Solidity has significant security-related issues considering almost literally every single DeFi protocol has been exploited, <laughs> pretty much every single one of them, which insinuates there's a, there's a problem with, with Solidity itself in terms of how it's designed. But... but um, if you want to have a serious DeFi protocol, like, like if you wanted to be a serious computer manufacturer today, you couldn't do that in only service like Japan, right? Like that would, it, would, it would be a niche product that a few people use, but most of the world wouldn't use it because you only sold this computer in Japan, right? And this is effectively the same thing when we're talking about like smart contracts, right? Because smart contracts... Smart contracts beholden you into a specific ecosystem, like Japan in this example, and you have, don't have access to the rest of the space. And so, like, really, from a from a like a model perspective, you are setting yourself up to be pigeonholed into a specific ecosystem that you know will only have a very small fragment of the liquidity of crypto, which means it'll be a small fragment of you know liquidity in your application and trade trade volume and all these things will be relatively very small. Um, yeah, and so I, I, it doesn't make a lot of sense in that in that regard. You want to have access to like the entire. If you want to sell a computer, you want to sell it to like all the markets: the Asian market, the, the you know Western markets, you know the African markets, like all the markets of the world. Because that's why you're going to you know have mass adoption and, and be highly successful as a computer manufacturer, right? 
smart contracts only exist because it was our only method of building apps on in the, in the blockchain space a couple of years ago. Like there wasn't your build, like the actual process of, of building your own blockchain from scratch is actually like extremely difficult and very few people can actually build it. <laughs> like it's actually very complex. It's arguably one of the most complex things to do in, in computer science up right up there with artificial intelligence. And so very few engineers actually have the, the, the deep skill set to actually do that. And so, but to build a smart contract, like that's, that's much lower bar. It's a lot easier to do, a lot less to reason about. You don't have to worry about consensus or cryptography or like anything. All that stuff is abstracted away for you, which makes it a lot easier to, to build apps, you know. Um, but I mean, smart contracts have purpose, like NFTs is a good use case for smart contracts and other things. Uh, I would just say in the DeFi space, where you're trying to get liquidity from all these different markets and all these different ecosystems, it doesn't make so much sense other than for like uh, sandboxing, architect um, prototyping and like testing out new ideas and concepts and see how they fare and see how they stand up to actual economics and people using them and that kind of stuff. But once you get to a certain place where you've proven that a, a model works, like even just like something like, you know, like Aave or Compound, right? Those models work. They do very, very well, right? Um, and they, they, they're very stable. They're continuously making income. You know, there's, there's sustainable systems that people kind of enjoy and use. But like all it takes is somebody to build a Compound or an Aave that is like cross-chain. And all of a sudden you've like, you know, Forex your liquidity overnight, and you're and you're servicing entire ecosystems that never even seen the light of day in the context of DeFi, and that's going to be obviously explosive, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of people in the world who use uh, you know Dai, a MakerDAO's Dai, to three x long their position on Ethereum by you know locking up some ETH and getting some Dai, and then trading that Dai for ETH, and then locking up that ETH and getting some more Dai, then trading that Dai for Ethereum. And so then 3x longing your position on Ethereum because they're ETH heads, you know what I mean? They're like, they're, you know, uh, ETH maxis or just ETH fans, whatever. And, and how many people are Bitcoin fans? Huge, 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 huge proportion of people are Bitcoin fans. So how many Bitcoin fans want to be, you know, 3x long the position on Bitcoin? Uh, yeah, a fuck ton. That's a, it's a, it makes, it'll make MakerDAO seem like rather quaint. Right, because all of a sudden you can three x long position on Bitcoin in a decentralized way. That's pretty. That's pretty game changing. That's pretty. That's very game changing. In fact, so, so yeah, it's it, smart contracts can't do that. Not in a way that actually economically makes sense. You can do it if you want to with like Ren BDC or WBDC or, or something like this. But those things are those bridges are inherently designed in a way that cannot be economically secured. It requires either there to be um, trust like WPC does, or it requires the, uh, actually, no, the only we can do is trust. Yeah, the only way we can actually do it, you can be like run BDC and just run all the nodes yourself, right? Like the team runs all the nodes, that requires trust, right? And so you trust that they won't take all the Bitcoin, uh, which they haven't, to be fair. Like they're, they're it's a good product, smart people over there, but uh, that bridge is designed to um, require trust. And so I don't see that as a, in the long term, I don't think it's going to be what people want, you know, even, even uh, Cosmos IPC is, is, uses trust, not to, not to do trust, excuse me, it uses pegged assets to, in order to accomplish what it's accomplishing. And it requires that the, it's more difficult to, to attack it economically than something like a, you know, REN or WBDC for sure. Um, but it's still, you have an uncapped, unbounded relationship between the security of the network and the assets that it secures. And so it's very easy and very quickly, uh, the assets that it secures can be worth a lot more than the security of the network. And in which case, it's now economically uh, profitable to cyber attack that network and walk away with $10 billion. I think that'll happen eventually at some point. Some you know, rich asshole will probably uh, do that kind of attack on some network, especially the lower cap ones. Uh, less likely on something like gravity decks because uh, the cap's going to be really hard, really high. But but still, it's very well possible and very well likely to happen. I won't bet my money on that <laughs> and, and put my money into a system that makes sense to steal from. 
uh, I would do that personally, especially if, it, if the economics are already proven to be there. Um, yeah. Okay, well, I didn't expect that response about smart contracts, but yeah, I do um, resonate with a lot of what you said and a lot of the things that are preventing DeFi from expanding or getting mass adoption is trust, um, trust-centric systems. And I think that's, that's definitely a, a speed bump or a barrier um, for DeFi to, to break through. Um, just lastly, before we bring on guards to give us an update on, on their progress, was there anything you had in, did, did you have any updates for, for the community for the next couple of weeks, for the next couple of months that's coming up on Thorchain? Yeah, just stay tuned. Um, we're getting the network um, churning pretty soon. Thor IDO is coming very soon. Synthetic is coming very soon. Hopefully order books will be landing in the next uh, couple of weeks or so, two to four weeks. Uh, portfolio liquidity probably hopefully in a month, maybe two. Uh, Cosmos and Terra coming. All these, like lots of things coming in the next two three months. It's gonna be it's gonna be kind of an, ex an explosive uh, end to the year for sure. Thank you, Chad. All right, Thor guards. Who who have we got today? Hey everyone, it's uh, Jordan here from Thor guards. I uh, just wanted to come in and give a quick update on our progress, uh, what we've been up to for the week. So if you guys don't know what ThorGuards is, we're a ThorChain ecosystem NFT project that has partnered with many of the platforms that have built on ThorChain. So for example, like ThorSwap and ThorStarter. Um, we're currently making good progress on our artwork and our development, uh, but this week we're, we're really focused on bolstering our community. So we released our ecosystem-wide Easter egg hunt where all of our partners got involved. There's, I believe, 16 or 17 different partners where we hid in uh, little Easter eggs on their websites, their telegrams, their discords. So if you go around and try to find them, you could earn like a white a whitelisting pass. Um, and if you could find 15 of them, you could get a free NFT. If you could find all of them, you could get two free NFTs. And um, each of our partners have three different Easter eggs on their platform. So in total, there's going to be around four, 48 different Easter eggs that you got to find. Um, but it's a it's a fun hunt. So I encourage you all to uh, try to go in and try to find them all. Um, other than that, we also released our guard pass. So if you go check out our website, uh, we have thorguards.com slash guard pass. We have a page where we list all of our partners and we talk about the different utilities that we're going to offer with uh, your Thor guards. All right. Well, is this information available on Twitter website? Where, where can people get uh, more information about this ecosystem-wide Easter egg hunt? Yeah, so we have um, an announcement on our on our Discord and on Twitter, you could go check that out. Um, we have a Medium page as well, where it ha goes into more detail of all the rules and um, explains the prizes and all that, and where you can find all of our different partners. So all that is going to be on Discord and on Twitter. Oh yeah, and, and the announcement is on RuneBase as well, if you, want, if you prefer RuneBase over uh, the ThorGuards Medium. All right, thank you, Thorgods. Uh, lastly, we'll just bring back Orion because we, we, we forgot to mention about another community-led project. Orion, could you share with the community um, what we're working on? Yeah. Uh, hi again, everybody. Um, just wanted to uh, close things out a little bit by sharing uh, some work that the community has been doing with Flipside Crypto. They're a, a kind of crypto analytics firm. Um, you can kind of imagine that they provide a dune analytics service for the rest of crypto, uh, not just ETH. And um, uh, anyway, you should check out flipsidecrypto.com and uh, sign up for an account. And then you'll be able to uh, query the uh, kind of tables behind um, Midgard and be able to inspect and learn uh, more about what's happening on chain. Um, the idea here was to make 
uh, ThorChain data more accessible to the community. And um, yeah, we've been working closely with them in order to, to facilitate that. Uh, they are offering a bounty program right now where you're able to solve um, different problems and then uh, submit your uh, queries or, or plots to them and then get rewarded in Rune. Um, so it's a really exciting, really exciting collaboration. And uh, yeah, super excited to see what comes out of the uh, community from there. If I'm able to add something to that, I want to yeah, really encourage the community, especially those who have you know, SQL, SQL um, skills, but also think about it from a, a data storytelling perspective and how we can make the ThorChain data um, more accessible to more people by how we yeah, tell the story with data. Um, I've been going through the tables myself and I know a little bit about SQL, so it's, it's quite exciting to see um, this community-led project. Yeah. Um, this is all for this week. Um, next one, the next weekly will be um, US-centric time. Um, and I think we'll, we'll have more updates on the ThorChain community Twitter account. Um, just quick announcements from the team. Um, so XDeFi said they're going cross-chain already with um, going on Terra. Also with ThorStarter. They, were, they announced recently that they're working with Olympus now, and they've launched on Olympus Pro. They're also going cross-chain and working with Terra. We all know what's coming up next week with ThorSwap and their IDO. So look, make sure everyone you're checking like the official website. And if you're in Telegram, make sure that the channel that you're, not, you're in is not a spam group. And be safe, be safe out there. And yeah, have a have a nice Friday. It's Friday here in Japan. Have a nice Thursday evening wherever you are. And yeah, have a good day. Thanks for joining. Thank you. All right.